0: Welcome to Home Sweet Home. My name is Rod McCall.
1: And I'm Bryce Runge. And we have developed a podcast for parents and kids. So we believe that home, it should be a place of peace and comfort. It should be a place where loved ones engage, respect, accept, and embrace each other. In other words, a place where you enjoy being. We
0: want to help families create an environment where understanding one another leads to healthier and actually happier connections.
1: So here's, here's our mission, to equip families with tools to better relate and thrive in their relationships with one another. Bryce and I have known each other for a long time, and we
0: decided last summer, summer 2020, to share our experiences, our insights, and knowledge with everybody else. Now, I want to introduce you to one of the most interesting people I know. Bryce Rungi is a man of many talents. Bryce and I first met almost 10 years ago when we started teaching together at the same high school. For both of us, it was a starting over point in our lives. In the 10 years that, I, that have followed, we have become fast friends. He is now someone I call brother. He is one of four boys to a middle, born to a middle-class family from Anaheim, California, home to Disneyland. Like most stereotypical kids born in Southern California, he spent a great deal of time skateboarding and rollerblading on the boardwalk, snowboarding in the mountains, and surfing in the Pacific. <laughs> Heck, he liked surfing so much he had to demonstrate his skills one day on one of my desks at school. Having met his brother Brad, I can see where his sense of adventure truly comes from. Nebrice is a natural athlete. Even today, his dedication to physical fitness and weightlifting is evident. He played football in high school. He was able to parlay his skill and talent into scholarships to play football in college. He attended first junior college and then went big time at the University of Hawaii. Given that he did not come from money, Bryce has worked hard at many different careers. At one point, he was a professional rollerblader, but as he got older, he made some life changes that included getting married, moving to Texas, and having his first of three children. Bryce finished up his college degree at Texas Tech with an emphasis on teaching. He went on to earn his master's degree in education and is now in a leadership position at a middle school that he teaches at. One of the things that Bryce and I have in common is being divorced. Shortly before he and I met, Bryce and his wife went their separate ways. But not being deterred, Bryce rose like a phoenix from the ashes and again completed his master's degree and met a fantastic lady uh, who he married a few years ago. Since then, he's added a second child to his family with a third one coming later this summer. We are the sum of our parts. And folks, Bryce Runge is a man who has seen and accomplished many things in his life. It will be these experiences that we will be tapping into for the duration of our podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, Bryce
1: Rungy. thank you rod for that uh, amazing introduction i think most of that was uh fluffed i'm not i'm not that awesome awesome but um yeah uh what he said was true um was born and raised in Crime, california um and have created a new uh new life if you will uh with my with my new bride um and have just been just loving it and doing just awesome things out here um but yeah rod and i uh like you said we have a lot in common we um we met was it 2012 yeah uh we both um started at a high school uh in the north texas area is that okay to say yeah i think okay. so um and uh it wasn't till a Christmas party was when we really met. Yeah. So we went half the half the year, um, not really knowing each other, and then we met at a Christmas party, and then kind of hit it off, if you will, um, for better or worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I've learned to just uh, love this guy even more. He's he's um, he's a super passionate guy. Um, he's been through a lot. Uh, quite a bit and through this platform you're going to hear um that story you're going to hear my story and and like like our mission right to help use our stories to help equip those families right to uh to to build thriving relationships um and how to how to overcome obstacles and how to work through those challenging difficult times not if uh, it's when they happen exactly learn from our mistakes so that uh, they don't have to go through some of the same crap we did. Sure, sure. And if you're fighting and you're struggling and you're going through it, man, listen to this podcast. We're going to give you the tools to help you get through it. Um, But, yeah, I just just wanted to introduce Rod um, a little bit and give you a little bit of background on him. So this guy's uh, from the great state of Kansas, okay? He was born with some Midwestern values of hard work and fair play. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, you know, I have three older brothers. Uh, he has three sisters. So, you know, that does say a little bit about him. But no, he's um, only boy, three sisters, and I've met, I think I've met two of yeah. them. Uh, amazing family. I have had the privilege of meeting his mom and his dad. Um, and in fact, they saw me uh, holding a. Uh, what do you call that, a Stein? Yeah, the beer Stein. Yeah, the beer Stein. Um, and our failed attempt to go to New York City. New Center. York, I know, I let everyone down, I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, I <laughs> uh, had the privilege of meeting his parents, and they are um, just salt of the earth, amazing, amazing parents. Um, Rod graduated in uh, from college in 1993, and he's currently pursuing a master's degree in professional counseling. Um, he's also the author of For the Love of Eric, um, and I know he's going to go into details about that later on. Um, but like him, he was divorced um, and remarried in 2016 to a lovely, lovely lady. And Like you, I, I remarried much better. Yeah, I definitely outkicked my coverage, and so <laughs> do you. Um, but, you know, his... Uh, his only child was a casualty of divorce, um, and he has two stepchildren. Um, Like I said, he's the author of For the Love of Eric, and um, in that book, he he talks about the horrors of divorce and the impact it has on families. Um, He's active in speaking to Change Family Law in Texas, which still operates in this archaic uh, i don't know I, I, old world mentality yeah thank you um he's spoken out against cps and family law systems in texas kansas and pennsylvania along with new york massachusetts connecticut and washington dc and i know that list is going to continue to grow yes yes i hope so um he's appeared on, appeared on multiple radio and television programs discussing the negative effects of divorce on children and adults and and he has spoken at national and regional conferences about the issues of child welfare and the negative effects of divorce on children's and families. And that is, um, in a nutshell, Rod McCall. You know, it's a, you know,
0: working with uh, high school kids and you talk to them about their future and tell them, you know, it's okay to if you don't know what you're going to do, don't worry about it. Because where I thought I was going to be when I graduated high school back in not too long ago and where I am today are nowhere near the same place. Yeah, night and day. Um, so it, it's, if you don't know, you don't know what you're going to do, it's okay. Yeah. And moms and dads, if your kids don't know, it's okay. Because you're going to take a, all kinds of directions. Life's going to throw curveballs at you. And how you respond to those curveballs is going to change your life. And I will say that many of the changes that have come my way, and I think you can, uh, you might say the same thing. These changes, when I looked at them initially, I'm going, "This is end of the world." But as they played out, and now with the benefit of hindsight, I go, right. "All those things that happened that I took as a negative, were I can look and see them as a positive, and it's made me more of who I am." And I think more who I
1: was maybe destined to be all along. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, and that's, again, right, hindsight. Yes. Um, And it's hard to kind of, like you said, mindset, right? A Mindset's a big thing. Um, That's a whole different episode. But um, when you're in that battle, it's hard. Yeah, this is how could this be positive right like you Mm -hmm. said right um that that takes a lot to develop that but it's it's possible um but going back to the high school thing it's a process it may not always work out right um but but trying to figure out who you're going to be and what you're going to do i mean that's all a process you're not going to nail it right away
0: i think there is so much pressure yeah i think from a kid perspective and working with you know the kids as I have, um, working with kids that are AP on level, whatever their issue, whatever they're going to do, and where they feel this starting in their middle school years, well, you need to plan for college. You need to plan for college. I feel like while we're trying to help, sometimes we can go overboard and help too much. Right. And. I will say that when I was in high school, I had no college prep help. It was whatever your parents did. Well, my parents never went to college. Right. So when I went, I was the first person in my family. My sisters did not go. So I was flying blind. Right. School counselor, they didn't, they, I wasn't a troublemaker. So, well, not that they could catch me. <laughs> and as a result, I had no idea what how to prepare to right. go to college. Now we start them so early. And that's a good thing, but at the same time, it can put a lot of pressure on kids trying to figure out, well, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do right. Uh, I mean, again, when I was 17 years old and graduating from high school, I thought, oh I was going to do one thing. I get to college going, "Ooh, I really don't have a desire to do this and I change majors. yeah. And it's okay. Right. And that's something that I guess is, I I don't know if it's well advertised that if you don't know what you want to do, it's okay. At 16, you should, if you know what you're going to do at 16 years old, hot diggity dog. You're an exception, not the norm. Right. And, you know, if you want to go to college, go to college. Going to a community college is a great place. To sure. start, yeah. you know, I hear so many people say when they're graduate. Well, I'm just going to go to the local community college. Why is that a negative? You don't have to go to a four year, right? You you started at junior college. I started at junior college or community college, right? It's okay to start there, yeah. And you know, mom and dad, if if the, if the kids don't know, it's okay that they don't know, right? And if they decide, well, maybe I don't want to go to college. I I have three nephews that did not go to college. Right. And they have found two of them found careers in the military. Yeah. And when they decide to leave the military, they'll make way more money than I
1: ever did. Uh,
0: Again, it's a skill.
1: Yeah. Now I and i've run into that a few times where I've I felt like I've been pressuring these kids. Like, what are you gonna do? Figure let's let's try and figure this out. And it's like I ask certain questions i don't know what i want to do oh that's right you're 14 (laughs) you know and so i think i'm trying harder because like you right it was my parents didn't go to college you know my mom stayed at home with us my Mm -hmm. dad was a barber um it, it was either you you go to college after high school or you get a job college wasn't promoted right we we weren't conditioned to like hey we're going to you know we have family members that are that have gone on to excel they've through college and whatnot we didn't have that right so we didn't have that example and um you know so obviously i, I worked for several years afterwards after barely graduating college, but again, yeah, we, we didn't have that in, in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I didn't have counselors. The only time I saw the counselors was when I made a, a ding dong mistake, right? Mm-hmm. So which and was got off, caught, which was often, uh, <laughs> but I, but I usually got off the hook because my brother worked at the school, so that was good. Um, but yeah, I didn't have that, so it was off to m- working thousand different jobs. Yeah, before you know, I I made a poor decision, and that. That led me to working back at the high school that I graduated from that led me to uh, junior college.
0: And I think sometimes, and I think that it's, I think it's misunderstood by us as adults as well as kids. You need to make mistakes. Yeah. And while we as adults, we as parents, we want to... Please don't make the same mistake that I did. Mm-hmm. So here, please, I'm I'm giving you advice. I'm suggesting and instructing you. Please do this rather than that, because that takes you down a path you don't want to go. Right. But sometimes they need to make mistakes. Children do so that that way they can learn like we did. Right. Now, you don't want them in jail.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That that's a mistake you really don't right. want. No. But depending, you know, again. Let them try. Let them fail. Sure. And that I some you know. And what we see in our current jobs as educators, I sometimes feel as though parents and school don't want kids to fail. Yeah. And yet I keep thinking, how did we learn best? Oh yeah, it was those screw ups
1: that knocked a square on our butt. Right. Well, and that, like you going back to the pressure thing, right? Uh, we want you to be perfect right and that puts way too much pressure on the kids and then and now here we go we're going into emotional issues emotional issues we're talking about mental health at that point and kids feel like that i have to i have to be perfect or i can't make mistakes if i if i don't get into this college my mom
0: and dad are gonna kill me right and it's kind of like well first of all one mom and dad ain't gonna kill you right but the amount of pressure I see that again and again and again yeah. where you're right they feel this immense pressure even if Mom and dad don't really you know they aren't trying to put the pressure on mm-hmm. them but they do
1: yeah' I'm, I'm all for promoting you know I, I think at a at a certain age like start introducing college right and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I know at the middle level they're they're doing that. Um, uh, but I'm all for, see, this is where I've through my mistakes and learning, mm-hmm. um, that took me a long time to figure out, like to prepare those things, right? Prepare mm-hmm. for whatever X, Y, or Z, uh, it might not go as planned, but at least you have something in place. Like, right. Uh, but I, but see, that's me. I'm all, I'm looking back in my past and like, you know, I'm going to tell my son, like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to encourage that you go to school. Right? Mm-hmm. High college, and if you want to go on from there or whatnot. But, you know, I don't know. and that, Sometimes I think that's good as a parent to say to your kid, and I
0: think this is something that helped me. My dad would say to me, whatever you're going to do, try and be the best sure. at what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to go to college, go to college and do the best you can. Learn. You're paying money to learn right. and invest your time that way. Right. And I, I for me, that helped a lot in pushing and directing me to make the choices that I ultimately did. Right, And as a consequence, I didn't have a lot of the stress. But when you're a kid and you're going, well, I need to get a certain grade, so that that way I can get the scholarships because without the scholarships, I can't go to college. Right. And I again, I think that it's tough yeah. trying to figure out the direction that you want to go. And I guess the best message that I can say is whatever you decide, that's the right decision at that time. Right. And if it doesn't work, well, so it goes. Right. I mean, when they asked Edison about the light bulb, right? You know, what was it like? You know, having made you know ninety some, a hundred some mistakes to, before he made the light bulb, and he goes, "Look, I didn't make a mistake. He just said I learned ninety nine ways how not to make a light bulb, folks. He can't have an omelet without a few broken eggs. Right? It's okay. Yep. And I guess that's just something that." I don't know if it's well communicated and well received by parents or by, you know, young people today.
1: Right. Yeah. How do we, how do we use this? Well, that's what we're doing, right? We're using this platform to, to say those things. It's okay. Like let's, let's, let's condition our kids to say, hey, we're going to make mistakes. Even as adults, even as parents, we're going to continue to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just that's, that's how it's supposed to be. But if we make, you know, it's I think we see more of. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world because I made this mistake because I have all this pressure put on me. It's ah uh, right, and we keep going back to the okay. Well,
0: thank you. We we see that at work where if you make a make a mistake, well, you might get written up now, right. or you might get fired now. I think sometimes it depends on the quality and size of your mistake and how often you do it, but you got to risk it. Right. To be able to make a you know make a change and try something new, yeah. And but I I agree with you. It seems that people are afraid in their personal lives, their professional lives, to take a little bit of a risk. Right. And well, I'm not saying bungee jump off you know the Golden Gate Bridge or something like right. that. But
1: it's you know you don't have to have all the answers. Right. Encourage risk taking. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But how do we get people over that hump because they're stuck in that that place, right? Uh having been stuck in a rut? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's easy to get there because the rut is comfortable. Oh yeah. Is, there's that that unfortunate comfort zone. Braddocks is on this uh girl kick, right? And he he got turned down by this girl. Oh bummer. And he was upset and then he's like, "You know what?" <laughs> you know what forget her there's this other girl i like and then he wants to talk about these things and i'm like and i use the old hey man don't just stand at the plate you got to swing you know just just swing and if you strike out so what it's okay as long as you're attempting you're swinging blah blah right that's it's it's fun as a parent to see that but i'm like encouraging so what just go for it dude well just go for it and he's 11 so he's gonna be (laughs) swinging a lot Uh, but i was the opposite I was so I didn't have any, I didn't have that encouragement you know no. I wasn't big into girls you know I was all into the skating and then extreme sports and blah blah and doing other stupid stuff but well I was I didn't have his confidence
0: and as a consequence I sat on the sidelines way too often yeah and that's why I say now you know a little risk yeah uh, better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all right. Right. We
1: we see it. We see it on TV. We see it in businesses and relationships and books like you, right? And um, just you you name it, people who were willing to, I'm getting out of this comfort zone. I'm willing to take a risk because this is what I want to do. And we see it. We see it with with businesses that started that. I'm going to take a risk. A startup business. Yes. I mean, look at
0: us. We're making this podcast. This is episode one of what we hope will be many. Right, And it's a little outside of both our comfort zones. We're
1: learning how to to do a
0: podcast. And yet, with great risk comes great reward. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so as a consequence, that's why I guess that's part of what our, again, our message. And I guess if we're repeating ourselves, so be it. But it is okay to take a risk. And as a young person, take a risk. Right. And don't worry about being perfect. Mm. And mom and dad, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect and have all the answers. It's, you know, the old adage, fake it till you make it kind of thing. And when you're able to take a little bit of that pressure off of yourselves Mm -hmm. to be perfect, perfect parents, perfect students, perfect kids, it's amazing How that has a positive effect on your physical nature,
1: Mm -hmm. on
0: your sleep patterns, your eating patterns, your relationships with other folks. Mm -hmm. It's, again, your emotional health
1: and your physical health are tied together. Yeah, and I think, you know, as we're sitting here, episode one, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh. Like, that's the very thing that I've been doing lately. And it irritates me a little bit, um, but again, this is this is real life. Like I'm sitting here, we're having this conversation, and I was telling you just a little bit ago about being irritated with these things because I want I want the kitchen a certain way, or I want like I want this cleaned up, or Braddock's, this just has to be a a per, you know this make your bed this way, and it's like, yo, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> so now I'm the one stressed <laughs> out and all this, and it's like, oh, but this this real life. We could get there and. Um, But that's where I think this channel will come in and help people greatly. Absolutely. And we are not perfect. Not even close. And,
0: you know, I, so I'm glad you brought that up that even today you're having some of the same things. And so when we tell you or make our suggestions, they are based on our experiences. And we fall victim to the very things that we're encouraging you not to as well. Right and to take our, our lessons learned and see what kind of changes and positive reactions
1: you can have in your own lives. Right. You know, and, and on that topic, my wife and I, we, we had a conversation last night, and she had pointed those things out to me. And, you know, I could have retaliated in, in a poor way and made things worse, but I had to, I had to step back and, and just at that moment give up my right to be right and, and listen. And that's another mm-hmm. thing that we will, will have a conversation about. About listening. That has probably been one of the
0: most wonderful things to come out of my divorce. Mm. Was learning how to communicate. How to listen versus hearing. Right. I hear it's all kinds difference. of things. You're right. Because with listening, I'm looking at you. Yeah, and when a loved one says something, a critique of some sort, it's not meant to be an attack. Saying, "Oh, you're a lousy, worthless son of a gun." Right. It's a hey. I noticed this, and this is what is happening. Right. You when we say things, I was reading in one of my chapters. of the way we communicate has nothing to do with the words coming out of our mouths. Right. And so our body language, our inflection, Mm -hmm. our intentions, and sometimes the words that form in my brain are not the same words that are coming out of my mouth and how I
1: intend them to be received are not how they are actually being received. Right. That's the thing. And I love what Stephen R. Covey says is most people listen with the intent to respond not understand ding 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 and i and i love that and i teach on that too because i teach about listening i teach Mm -hmm. listening skills to be an active listener and you guys got to get it right you gotta you have to be an effective listener i think and 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 cubby nails it like our and we, I run into this all the time, and you know what? Guess what? I fall into that as well. If I'm in a conversation and I don't like what Rod has said to me, I'm already, before my mouth opens, I'm formulating my response. Way to go, Rod. Way to go. So I'm, I'm already formulating my response instead of hearing you all the way out. Does that make sense? Right? No, absolutely. And, that's, and that's, that's what we run into. I have we don't been... listen to understand. We just want to get our word in.
0: And it's, maybe it's a product of our environment sometimes, but you're absolutely correct. And it's, I've been on the receiving and giving in, sure. And that's where, again, part of what we want to help communicate, to explore the ideas of when visiting with your parents, when visiting with your children, listen to what they're saying and listen to understand. Right. Because if you're listening to respond, you're hearing the first few seconds of what they say, and you're going off down a rabbit hole and you miss why they want to do what they want. So right. so so kids, listen to your folks.
1: Yeah, parents, listen to your kids. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I, I you know, as as a uh, advocate for for mental health, if you will, is that, is that mm-hmm. right? I think, so. um, uh, and for suicide prevention, um, I, I've realized that's that's the biggest thing. Listening, right? Yes, and, and parents will be. I didn't know. I didn't. You know, were we listening? I don't know. know, There are... I know that's a a fine line, but I'm willing to walk that line because I'm passionate about it, and you know my history with all that. Well,
0: I was looking, one of my assignments for this week dealt with suicide, Mm. and I realized that I have had four suicides Mm. in just the last 10 years affect my life immediately. And it is again, there's a lot that goes into it and right. that's one of the things that I absolutely love about what Bryce and I are trying to do here is there's no topic we won't touch, right? And we are going to talk about suicide. We're going to talk about divorce. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about all kind, you know, family dynamics of every sort. There we're we we Want to help broach the taboo topics that sure. tend to be a barrier. I, I cannot say how many times I've talked to a student and they go, "Well, I just can't say these things to my parents. Why well, can't talk to them like I can talk to you?"
1: Right. And I'm going, "Why not? Because they, you know, we they haven't formed that relationship. They haven't been cultivating that within the home." Um, but yeah, I, you you said something, um, and I totally forgot because I wasn't listening. You were listening to respond. I was, you know, I was moving my phone around, <laughs> and I wasn't really listening. Um, but again, uh, one of the many weapons of mass distraction that we're we're faced with on a daily, right? Oh that, that, yeah, that steal and rob our attention from listening. Um, so I apologize for not listening to you. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it takes me back to... Oh, what you were, you were saying is about... I, I wonder if that air is going to mess with our sound. Do you hear it? No, but I feel it. Does it feel good? Always. Always. Anyways, um, <laughs> about the taboo, and that was something... Um, again, that stigma... Right, mm-hmm. we, we, we we're, were relentlessly pursuing to to like our, how am I going to say that relentless pursuit to erase the stigma. And when I opened up that big assembly, uh, I took a risk the and unwrapped yes okay that was that was that was crazy and i'm like what are you thinking by the
0: way look up bright trunky on youtube and you can find it it's very
1: entertaining yeah so i i wrapped i opened up with this rap, and it was uh, a little bit about my 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 life if you will in a really short it wasn't very long and uh something that i said to myself and and i think that we're, we're really trying to do is not brush it under the rug anymore. We brushed it under the rug for so long, um, we just can't do that anymore. And that is,
0: again, one of the driving forces that brought us together to right. find ways to shed light right. on these topics, provide avenues for parents to talk with your children, for kids to be able to talk to your parents. Yep. And so that is we're we're closing in on the end of our very first episode. So we want to say thanks to all of you for listening in. Yes. Um, thank you very much. This is again episode one of many, where we will be talking about a multitude of topics. So you never know who's gonna be here to join us or what topic we'll have. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again we we believe that that home should be a place of peace and comfort. You know, it should be a place where where loved ones engage, where we're we're cultivating respect and acceptance and embracing of, of each other. Um, you gotta want to go home. Yeah, I mean, you want to go home because it's a place where you should be able to relax, right. and be
0: yourself. And the number of kids that I talk to, oh, I don't want to go home. The number of you know guy or lady friends that I have oh man it's so stressful that my spouse is driving me nuts
1: right right and i think that you know if you guys keep tuning in we're going to help you get over that hump right we're going to open up those lines of communication and we're going to help you create a thriving home sweet home ladies and gentlemen i'm rod and i'm bryce thanks for being here catch you next time. time